Welcome back to the Wellness Restoration Project. I'm your host, Shelly Swap, and can I just take a minute and thank you so much for being here. I um, took a moment and saw the reviews today on iTunes and was really overwhelmed at the support. So thank you to the many of you who have left reviews and ratings and have made it possible to help more people find this content and have just reached out and taken the time to tell me that it's been useful for you. And I am so grateful for that. It sure makes it a lot easier to keep growing. So today I wanted to talk to you about detox. It's January, 2021. And just like every January, we are starting to see a lot in the media, um, in health circles, talking about detox. And a lot of people are tempted to jump on some really radical detoxification diets, stream diets, and those types of things. And this isn't the time of year that I ever recommend that for people. I know that it's easy to get caught up in the hype of the new year and all the fun things, but and the energy of making changes and those types of things. But detoxification actually happens every single day in our bodies. We, we are designed to detoxify naturally every single day when our pathways are open. And we do this by making sure we have the nutrients that we need. So in some previous episodes, we've talked about my first rule when it comes to taking care of the body. And there are three general policies or keys that I use in order to approach wellness, whether it be with my clients, with my children, with myself. Um, the first one is to replenish those nutrients. And the second one is to do something what I call, I call regulate. Regulating has to do with opening up the channels and making sure that the body is moving in such a way that we are giving the body, the access that it needs to the nutrients that we're taking in. Because if we're taking in a lot of really great, wonderful nutrients, but those pathways aren't open, it's kind of like adding, you know, a race car to a traffic jam. The race car can't go anywhere because there's too much ahead of it and it just can't even get down the highway. Right. So we want to make sure that those pathways are open. And we do that by replenishing the nutrients, things like B12 and magnesium um, and iron are all essential and they help us work at a very cellular le level. Like B12 especially is something that we need in order for our cells to work properly. But there are lots of different ways that our bodies detoxify or eliminate toxins from the body. We do that through our skin. We do that through our kidneys by urination and um, we do it through our, our lungs. So even making sure that, that we can take a deep breath in and then we can breathe out regularly, you know, daily, big, healthy, deep breaths um, is really important for detoxification. And then we also do it through our colon or through our bowels, um, which is probably what we're most familiar with. And then our lymphatic system is another piece of that puzzle, which helps aid in detoxifying all of those different pathways. So, you know, things like sweating are really important. And when our detox pathways get backed up when they get overloaded, then we see a lot of these other pathways start to have problems. And our skin is, is one that is most particularly noticeable by people because it, it would tend to have breakouts or rashes or different things because the body doesn't have any other way to get the elimination or to eliminate the toxins. And so it starts to come out on the skin. 
Anyway, the trick is to support those pathways like we've talked about, but giving them phytonutrients and minerals and fatty acids and all the things they need to do their job. It's, it's almost like making sure that we're in a beautiful rhythm. And when that rhythm stops, not only do we see things like rashes and um, constipation and those types of things, but we also see pain. In fact, most of the ancient healing traditions define pain as stagnation whether it's blood or nutrients or toxins that build up in the body or a physical trauma that occurs. So think about it as maybe you, you know, when someone twists an ankle or gets hit by something and they get a bruise or there's swelling or a broken bone or something, those types of things prohibit healthy circulation or they change the way the circulation is in the body in that area. We see swelling, we see bruising, we see clotting, we see all those things and we see pain. So it makes a lot of sense that stagnation equals pain, right? Um, oftentimes headaches and those types of things. One of the first things we want to do is look at what tox what detoxification pathways are not open in the body because the head is pounding and telling us that, ah, things are building up and I can't. They can't, we can't deal with it. So it's also why we find relief from things like acupuncture and massage and cupping. Do you love cupping? Do you know about cupping? It's one of my favorite tools, chiropractic adjustments, Qigong or yoga, and all sorts of different types of exercise because it opens up the pathways. This is just as useful when we are looking at the root causes of physical pain and menstrual cramps and migraines and those types of things that we talked about and injuries, but it's also really useful for emotional pain, spiritual and relationship. When we see pain in those areas, we know that, that something has stagnated. Our physical bodies, our minds, and our emotional selves are all designed to grow, to develop and mature. And when that isn't happening, pain is the indicator that something needs to change. We're going to talk a lot more about this concept and regulating and the herbs and the foods that are going to be really helpful for those types of things. And um, I'll be sharing those over on my social media accounts and in my emails. So if you're interested in jumping on there and learning more specifics, I would love to have you. But today I have a really special guest on the show whose story demonstrates this concept beautifully. It's always really fascinating to me when we can find a truth and then see it duplicated over and over again in a multitude of different ways. And we're going to see that today. Darla, known previously as the Spiritually Minded Mom and who is now the host of the podcast Spiritually Minded Women, has a little known secret recipe about how she best keeps her pathways open to communicate with the God that she loves and is inspired by and how she continually uses this practice to help her find purpose. I think you will find this interview both delightful and inspiring and helpful. And I love how she is continually searching for her purpose and searching for those things that she feels that she is called to do in the world to do good. And I love the way that she goes about seeking that information um, and that inspiration it's something that I have found to be very true in my life as well. So I hope that you'll find this interview both interesting and delightful and helpful. Thank you. I'm going to turn the time over to Darla. Welcome to the Wellness Restoration Project, where we explore the question of how are you well? A collection of interviews and explorations of resources, both ancient and modern 
to help you create your own powerful network and practices in wellness. I'm your integrative herbalist and host, Shelly Swap. Let's do this. Darla, welcome. I am so excited to get to talk to you today. Um, For those of you who haven't had a chance to get to know Darla, she is the host of the podcast, Spiritually Minded Women. I am going to let you let her kind of introduce herself as far as some of the things that she's doing. And then we will go back and talk about how we met. Well, Shelly, I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited about your podcast. Um, I love everything that you're doing. So this this is just great that you're expanding to the podcast world. So I've been a podcaster for two and a half years. I started on a podcast that I created called Spiritually Minded Mom. And I was interviewing mothers and talking about their motherhood story and asking every guest how they've seen and felt God as a partner in motherhood. And then I just rebranded to Spiritually Minded Women because I wanted to talk to a more broad audience than just moms and be able to reach moms. And so now my focus is kind of helping moms embrace their own journey in their spiritual life and know that they have a purpose and that there is some work for them to do and that it's important no matter who you are or where, you know, where you're at on the path. It's all important. So that's my podcasting life. I'm also a mom to uh, four kids. I've got two out of the house, 21 and 18. And then I've got two at home that are 16 and 13. So um, teenagers and young adults is, is what we're dealing with, kind of like you right now in our life. And um, my husband and I have been married for tw- almost 23 years. We own a car business that we run together. He mostly does it. I'm so busy with the podcast these days that I, I always say, oh, we work together in this business, but he really does most of it. Yeah. We live in Arizona. We love the sunshine and yeah, that's a little bit about us. Wonderful. For those of you that are not familiar with Darla and are familiar with my work may think, okay, Shelly, where's this going? <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I totally, I just promise you to hang in there because I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised about the world that we're about to open up to you. So Darla and I met through, how did I even meet you? Did I meet you through Sarah? I I think think so. Yeah. I think we met through a business group. Yeah. Coaching group. Yep. And when I first met Darla and learned what she was doing, I thought, oh my gosh, I, I can't even relate with this woman. (laughs) 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 She must be sitting home all day reading her scriptures and, you know, serving and just being this perfect spiritual woman and her children must be perfect and her life must be perfect. In my mind, that's what was going on in my mind at the same time as our family was going through some pretty big faith transitions and faith crises. And, and I just thought, I, I'm never going to be able to relate with this woman. And as I have gotten to know Darla, there couldn't be anything further from the truth. So one of the things that I am hoping to accomplish by sharing these stories is to help other women find their path forward, that there are lots of different ways to be well. And oftentimes we just assume that somebody who's doing something in one area, that that's all they're doing um, and that there aren't a lot of other pieces to their story. And so I want to, I've asked Darla to come on and um, begin to tell part of her story because she has a really beautiful one that 
I think a lot of people can relate to. So do you mind telling us kind of how it all started? You're a young mom, four kids. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I said my kids are 21 to 13 right now. Well, when at one point they were like seven and under, like when I had a newborn and, you know, so I was in the middle of all this, you know, young motherhood when you're not getting any sleep and there's no time for yourself and, you know, everything is just kind of crazy. And so any moms that are in that stage right now, it's, it's rough, but it gets better. I have loved having teenagers. That's a whole nother story, but yeah. So that's where I was. And I, I kind of over that time of having four babies and, you know, just being in the throes of motherhood, I lost myself a little bit, a lot. Like I did nothing for myself. And the kind of the, the epiphany of that whole story happened when one night we went to, my husband and I went on a date, we got a babysitter. We went on a date. We had left these four little kids at home and we went out to dinner with a couple that was further ahead than us in life. And my husband had worked with them in business and I didn't know them. And so the wife was just trying to get to know me and we're driving in their car in the back seat. And I just, I remember everything about that night because it was so pivotal to my life. And this woman said, so Darla, what do you do for fun? Like, what are your hobbies? And I, it just stopped me dead in my tracks. I had nothing to say. I did nothing except take care of my kids, run my house And I volunteered at church and was pretty heavily involved in that. And that was all I did. There was nothing that was just for me. I had no hobbies. I had nothing. And, you know, I think, I can't remember exactly what I said, but the conversation moved on and, you know, we moved on with, had a nice evening eating out with these people and getting to know them. And it was great. And, but her question haunted me for days. Like I go home, I can't stop thinking about this woman said, like, what do you do for your you know, what do I do for myself? And, and I realized there's nothing. And and luckily I have a very supportive husband and he knew something was wrong and we were able to talk and I was able to open up to him, which I think is so important to be able to have someone in your life that, you know, you can go to that will support you. And my husband was definitely that for me. And I, I talked to him and I just said, I have nothing for me. And he's like, well, let's find something for you. Like, let's figure this out. And so over the course, it really, I mean, I was obsessed with this. Like I talk, I thought about it constantly. Like I have to find something for myself. And my husband kind of helped me explore that and said, you know, like, what do you want to do? And I said, you know what? I, I want to work out. And I had just heard about this sprint triathlon that somebody was doing and it was six months away. And I'm like, I'm going to do that sprint triathlon. And I had, you know, I'd had had, you know, four babies in seven years, like I was not in shape or, you know, anything. And so I remember going to a party and seeing one of my friends there and just like very timidly approaching her and saying, do you want to do a triathlon with me? (laughs) Because I knew I needed people, you know, to come together. So I got two friends, I recruited two friends and I started working out and my husband and I worked together to carve out time for me. And that meant that I got up at 4.45 in the morning to go work out. Well, I have to back up to say the first time I went, I can still remember the very first time I went with my friend, I didn't have a stroll. I had two kids still at home that weren't in school and I didn't have a stroller that I could jog with them. And so I got my bike cart and I tried to jog around this little track, this dirt track with them. My kids are crying, throwing sippy cups. Like it was a disaster. So that's when I went back home and said, okay, this isn't going to work. So my husband and I carved out, you know, that he would 
I could go in the morning and he would get up with the kids and then I could come home and we could get them off to school together. And then he would go to work and, you know, I will have had my time for the day, but I, I you know, I was going to have to get up early. And so we made that a priority anyway. So I started getting up early in the morning and I was swimming and I was running and I was riding a bike and, and I worked out with these friends and six months later I did the sprint triathlon. <laughs> I found out I hate swimming and I had a panic attack in a pool, but, and it was so like imperfect. It was so not, you know, anything spectacular, but I finished, I did it. My kids were at this finish line, you know, with signs and cheering for me. And that was like the beginning of me carving out time. I just figured out I love fitness and this is what I'm going to do. This is what is going to be my thing for me. I love that. (laughs) I absolutely love that. (laughs) And I love that your kids were finish line with signs for you and just learning to cheer you on as you are have spent all this, all these years cheering them on. I, I remember, so my kids are even, (laughs) my kids are even closer than yours are. I had, it's crazy to say this now, like it didn't seem as crazy at the time. Right. Right. (laughs) It's really crazy to say this out loud. Now my oldest was five when my youngest was born. I have four. Oh, you were even crazy. You were crazier than me. He was even, I don't even think he was five and a half. So it was a little intense. And I remember getting to that point of, I, I get, what else do you do when you've got that many little kids at home? Like it's all day, every day. And it's all night too. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) And I remember when I, so I've got, we've got a little guy who's got some pretty special needs. And when he was not long after our fourth was born is when we started to really see that we were headed down a path of long-term medical care for him and didn't know what it would be. He was in the diagnostic stages and I met some women in the neighborhood we'd moved in. We'd moved from Virginia to Utah. And so we were brand spanking new. And I met a couple of women. I went out like in the dark one morning when everybody was asleep. (laughs) 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 And we luckily came across some really nice women who one was 10 years older than me and the other was 10 years older than her. And they were running. And they were running and they they invited me to start running with them because I would go out and kind of run around this park because it was the only thing I could do to clear my head. I was so worried about what was going to happen with our kids and with this one son in particular. And it was life-changing. Like it was, we just took it up in the morning and just run with these women. It became, they became my tribe. You know, we had goals to, to, to run different races and just, just to be able to clear my head in the morning was huge. And I love to hear that you have had the similar experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really, it really brought me back. Like, I'm like, I have something for me. And that's all I needed. I just needed that hour, hour and a half every morning. And then I could go home and be a mom. And I felt fulfilled and, you know, filled up. Like I had filled my cup first and then I had more to give. Yeah. And I, I think that is a really important piece for anybody that might be in that stage that we were in with all those little people at home and just kind of grinding through and mm-hmm. loving the fact that you get to be a mom, but maybe really struggling with like, there, where am I, you know, (laughs) where am I in this big mess of taking care of people that that is, that is a really sweet place to start. It didn't end there for you though. No, like, (laughs) I mean, in some ways it became sort of an addiction and in some ways that wasn't good, but it, it, my whole fitness journey evolved. So I did that first sprint triathlon. And then I did another one. And I was like, I don't really like, I didn't like road biking. I felt like I was going to get hit by a car and I wasn't a great swimmer, but I'm like, okay, I kind of like the running. And so then I started getting into running 
And I, I have to preface all of this to say I'm not a natural athlete. None of it comes easy to me, but I love it. There's something about it that I just love. And I really love looking back. I can see, I really love the camaraderie of working out with other women and, you know, feeling like we're on a team. And I, I moved on to do, I did a couple Ragnar relay races, you know, the ones where you like run in the middle of the night and you ride around in a van and you don't shower for a day and a half or whatever. I did two of those and, and I really love the team aspect of that. And then I did a half marathon and then I realized, I don't know if I really love running. I, I, I wasn't very good at it. I wasn't very fast. <laughs> anyway. You run so miles. <laughs> I've, I mean, I've done those long runs. I, you know, I've done it. I'm like, I'm never doing a marathon, but anyway, I did a half marathon. And then one day my husband came home. My husband this whole time was never into fitness. In fact, he was very overweight and, you know, really not needed to, needed to focus on his own physical health as well. And one day he came home and he said, my friend started working out in his garage and I'm going to go every night. Is that okay? And I was like, because I had already been on this fitness journey and I was so happy that he wanted to do something. I was like, yes, go. And then he starts, you know, I'm still out doing my running. He starts coming home telling me the stuff he's doing with weights and, you know, and I'm like, that sounds really fun. Like I want to go do that. And and so we started going together to our friend's garage working out and they were CrossFit workouts and we just got hooked and our friend grew his business and eventually moved into a real gym. And we, we have been there ever since, like we have never, never stopped going. And that's been eight and a half years of, of, of doing CrossFit. And so it's been like on so many levels, been such a good thing to help me be a better more well person because it's helped me socially. Like that's my tribe. Like I gym friends are the best friends. Like that's I, That's like my little mantra. There's something about you do something hard with someone that you sweat it out and then you can commiserate about it and say, or you can walk in the next day. I'm so sore from those squats. Are you sore? And, and then it's turned into really relationships in my life that have are some of the deepest relationships that I have have come from those friends at the gym because then you start texting each other outside of, of the gym and you start talking about the things you're struggling in motherhood or in your marriages and you go to lunch and you talk and, and I've just developed really great friends. So the, you know, it's like, I found my tribe. I found these people that I didn't really have before. And, you know, it's bonded my husband and I, it's like something that we go and do together. This, this summer we started at first it was like, he would do a class at night and I would go during the day and, you know, stuff like that. And now we go together at night and we go every night and it's like just something for us to do together. Last night we were partners in a workout and he has his strengths and I have my strengths and we strategize like, okay, you do this, I'll do this, you know, that kind of thing. So it's really helped in that respect, but do you want me to talk about like <laughs> the hard things that got me through? Let's, let's <clears throat> go there. So it, so it hasn't all been roses for you, my friend. No, no. You didn't just start running and then find CrossFit and then everything just kind of worked out, right? No, it <laughs> hasn't been that way at all. So probably, well, I started doing this. It was probably right. It was like 2007. Well then 2008, we know what happened with the economy. My husband and I own a car business and he's been in the car business for over 20 years. So that's what we've always done. And the business that we were running was failing and we tried to hang on to it for a really long time. We were losing our house and this was over probably a four to six year. I mean, 2008 hit and everything started happening and we just hang on and hang on and hang on and cut the budget and try to do something different and, you know, do everything that we can to bring money in. It was very stressful and incredibly hard. And I think it could have been something that tore my husband and I apart, but for some reason it helped us to come together and 
from every time we would look at our budget, we would be like, okay, what we got to cut something else. Like something else has to go. And we, I mean, we were living at the poverty level for several years. Like we do our taxes and we're like, yeah, we're living at the poverty level with four kids. And, you know, we uh, just so many things going on and it was so stressful. And so I felt so out of control in this situation. Like there was nothing that I can control. And we would look at the budget and say, well, we could cut the gym. And we both would look at each other. We can't cut the gym because the gym is what got me through that. Like I could, by this point I was going to the gym. I was able to go in the morning. Like my daughter was in preschool and I didn't have to take my kids. And so I would go in the morning, like eight 30 after everybody got out the door. And it was like, I, you know, I already mentioned that I had a social network. So I had my social needs being met and I, you know, I was working my physical body and it was helping me to feel in tune with God. Like to say, I, I'm losing everything financially, but I'm still healthy. And I'm grateful for that. Like I was grateful every day that I could still move my body and and give me a connection to God to say, you know, thank you for this body that you, you gave me that you created this. And I'm so grateful for what it can do. And it was just a stress relief. It was like, okay, I started my day doing something really hard because CrossFit is, you know, it's not going for a walk in the park. It's, it's hard stuff. And I'm like, okay, I, I tackled that. And then it was that enough of a stress release that I could go home and I could deal with whatever I needed to deal with. It was also a time where my spiritual life really started to blossom. Like I really started to get in tune with, with God and figure out, you know, I'm in this situation that I can't control. And so help me. And I really had to turn to him and it was the only way I, that I could get through it. So like just that one thing of having that routine of, of working out helped me in all the other areas of my life, you know, socially, spiritually, the, the emotionally, like I had a stress relief. I had something that I could go and do. And, and it was just something that really, really got me through. Like I could not have gotten through that situation if I had not already established that routine of, of taking care of my body, of working out. I love that so much. I, I have to say that that is, that has been my, one of the things that's carried me through so many places, so many moves (laughs) Um, and being able to connect with other women as I've, you know, as we've moved from one part of the country to the other, you know, I got to learn to be a cyclist in Florida and met some amazing women there. Never thought I'd be a cyclist. (laughs) So you weren't afraid of getting hit by a car like I was? (laughs) I won't cycle anywhere else, but in Florida, it's like built where we were living. It's built for seniors. It's flat and they have huge bike lanes and everybody bikes. Oh, that's nice. And you would go out Saturday morning, like on a, like it was crazy to go out in a car on a Saturday morning because you couldn't get anywhere because everybody was out on their bicycle. <laughs> I do have to say I bike now. Like, I, you know, my husband bought me a bike and I go out like once or twice a week when it's not hot. I live in Arizona. Like I don't do that in the summer, but I do, I do go out now. It's not a road bike. It's just like a, you know, like a, just a hybrid bike, but yeah, the road bike scared me. <laughs> oh yeah. It was really hard to get used to. And I crashed several times. Yeah. It was, I crashed into my friends several times too, which was not. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. Not good. But, uh, but no, I love that because I, I love that you aren't sitting, you know, getting up every morning and worrying about your day. Like you're getting up and just stepping into it on those days that you're getting up and getting going, whether you're getting to the gym first early, like you talked about when you were running early or you're getting up and getting kids out the door and then going in and working out or, Mm -hmm. 
you know, maybe that maybe it's in the evening, like you said, with your husband, but that there's something that's yours every day. Yeah. That you can count on to give you both and a, and a, something to give you strength and to help give you a release. And I know that when I am at my, my darkest moments, I don't know where to go. I wish there was an herb for that. Yeah. <laughs> like there are a lot of great herbs that I rely on and a lot of great foods I rely on, but really honestly, I have to get out and go. I have to get on my bike, stationary bike most of the time here in Utah, but or I get up and hike or I run. And that is where I begin to find clarity. I can hear. In fact, I put you in my ear quite often in your, in your podcast, <laughs> but, but, but I do, I find some clarity there. And I love that you, do you, do you mind talking more about that? I know that that's a piece for you as you had in, have developed this community, yeah. virtually minded women, that, 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 that is a piece for you. I remember sitting in a room full of other women. And I think that was the first time when you spoke that you had hinted that there was this physical piece that you relied on to help bring you closer to yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> I don't, I don't talk about it a lot in my, you know, pot. I mean, I, I do hint at it cause it is, a, and it's a huge part of my life. Like I probably should talk about it more. I, I'll tell you, like, this is something that I have realized about myself really recently. Like I've been diving in, I trying to figure out, I really want to know, you know, what is my life's purpose? Like really, what does God want me to do? And what does that look like? And I, I have some other mentors that I've looked to and some, some books that I've read and things that I've been diving into and, and journaling and writing about my life. And like, you know, I'm starting to see some things come together, but something very recently that I've realized and actually just talking to you, like you've helped me kind of figure some more of that out. I realized that, and this may not be the same for everybody, but I realized that taking action in my life is, is a way that I know what the next step is, right? Like sitting there and wringing your hands and just saying, I don't know what to do. Like, that's what I learned during that financial stress is I can't just sit here. And eventually, I mean, the end of that story is my husband, and I took drastic measures. And when we finally started acting, things started to change. And we just, you know, thought, oh, we just have to sit here and grin and bear it. And this is just the way life is, or, you know, why isn't God helping us? And, you know, and we realized, well, we have to do something. So, so what I've realized recently in my life is that when I act, then I feel power. I feel power from God. I feel like he's can direct me. And, and I think that's why I, I feel such a connection with, with fitness and with working out because I'm moving my body. I'm, I'm moving, I'm physically acting and doing something. And when I do that, then I get more clarity. Like all of a sudden, I mean, my husband will tell you, I try to go to, the, I try to work out every single day. Like that is always my goal. It doesn't always happen, but I would say it happens like five days a week because that's my mindset. But if I'm like getting, you know, out of sorts or cranky or moody or, you know, anything, my husband will just look at me like, have you been to the gym today? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no, I haven't. He's like, yeah, you should just go, you know, because I need to take action in my life. And, and that means you know, working out and, and doing something with my body. It also means like, okay, I'm not going to just sit and think about someone that I need to help. I need to go help them. I need to go and do something or, okay, I have this idea for a podcast and I'm not going to just sit here and think about it. I'm just going to start taking action. I'm not someone that I really always feel like I know the big picture. I don't really, I usually just know, okay, this is the next step I need to take. And the way that I get there is by doing something, just even small things like 
when I knew I needed to start a podcast, it was a matter of, okay, today I'm going to research what kind of microphone to buy and I'm going to buy a microphone. And then the next day I'm going to do something else. And that's how I started a podcast. Like I didn't have this big picture that, you know, of what it was even going to be or what it's going to be in the future. I don't even know now, but so does that make sense? It's like, there is something about physical movement, like movement in my life. Action gives me more and, and helps me to feel like, okay, I can do the next thing. And those next steps of what I, what that looks like kind of reveal themselves when I am acting. But when I'm sitting there, I start doubting. I, you know, I just have no confidence. You know, I don't know what to do. I don't know if that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense. And <laughs> I love that your husband has, does the same thing that my family does. They're like, are you, my mom's getting a little edgy and grouchy. It's like, have you, yeah. have you do you need to get on your bike? Do you need, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you need a chance to get out today? What can we do to get you out the door? <laughs> <laughs> totally. totally. And yeah. I, my sisters and I have several cousins. We have a, the standard, standard joke that, that we should have come with a label that says must be walked vigorously daily right, um, right, right. <laughs> in order for best results because my dad would take us each out for walks when things would get I don't know how he survived four daughters but I think he did it by taking us out for let's go for a walk let's go for a hike let's go yeah for a hike. let's move let's move yeah let's move. and then all of a sudden like you said your body you're like in a space where you're taking action but there's also a stillness that comes for me mm-hmm. internally that allows me to move on the things that I need to, all of a sudden that, that crazy that's going on in my head yeah, is it, it helps me to break through it and, and move totally. forward. And I have loved for me, like hiking is one of the things for me as I get into when we've lived in those areas that I've had access to, to a, a place where we can hike and both California and Utah have had those places for me. And then has, has helped kind of even more so taught me about the world that I love, which is the herbalism and seeing when those things are coming up in the spring and when they're coming up in the fall, you know, what's going on with, with the world around us and how it relates to our wellness and our health and things. So, but that's a story for another time. Darla, I have really loved getting to know this side of you. And I think that you'll be surprised at how many people will be delighted to hear this side of your story. You do such a a wonderful job of um, encouraging so many women to seek for the spirit in their lives and to not just, just sit idly by, but to, to act. I've, I've learned that from you, that I think that was the first thing that I, that really resonated with me was you talked about that your word at the time when we met was act. And I thought that needs to be mine too. And it has helped me move on a lot of things that I've just been waiting for. I don't know, something else to tell me that it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I so appreciate that. If you could leave a final thought with us on if you were in the space you were 10, what, 10, 15 years ago, and you were lucky enough to have someone who was very kind and said to you, Darla, what do you do for fun? But what, what would you have, what would you like to say to that young mom or that woman who is in that space of darkness that you were in when your world is kind of falling apart? And because I suspect that there are many that are watching their financial world kind of fall apart at these days. Is there anything that you could, you could leave with us for them today? Yeah, I, I would, I would just say that you, you have a purpose. I think you will f- find something. I mean, for me, it was CrossFit, but it doesn't have to be CrossFit for you. I mean, even just going for a walk might be, you know, something that gives you that, but, but there is something that you are designed to do. 
and there's something that you can offer to the world and and whether that be in your family or to the world at large or in your community or your neighborhood or but there is something for you and that you can discover that and that will help you to feel whole and to be well you know to be well rounded to to have everything and so d- you may not know it now but just seek for it and and you're going to find it and just start taking steps. It doesn't have to be big things. I mean, my first step was I got my kids in a bike car and tried to run with them and it was a disaster, but I just kept going and I, I just kept exploring and, you know, tried different things. And so that's what you can do. Just, just try something and it may not be the right fit. And then you try something else and, but take, just take a step and you'll know if you'll know the next step that you need to take. I think that's something that I've, I've heard other people say, and I really believe that sometimes we don't know the why, we just know the what. And so we just do the what, do what you feel is the next step. And then you're good. And as you go along, you're going to figure out that why, but it, it really, I mean, yeah, I think that's my overall message. Just act, just do something, do something that, that you feel like will, will help you to get closer to wellness and to being whole and you're going to get there. I wholeheartedly agree. Thank you so much for being willing to come and be my guest and to share your story today on the Wellness Restoration Project. And I think we will link in the show notes about all the wonderful things that you are doing right now. Thank you so much, Shelly. I love the work that you're doing and I'm just so grateful for all the ways you've helped me. So thank you. Take care. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you're one step closer to moving those mountains. If you loved what you heard today, will you do me a favor and share it with a friend or take a moment and rate and review the podcast? The more five-star reviews a podcast gets, the more people it gets introduced to and the more mountains we move on the journey to restoring wellness. Thank you. Until next time, be well.